Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So before I get started for the topic today, I want to address something. I know that there's been a lot going on in the world around us right now, and it's very confusing. It makes people angry and upset. I just want to say that everyone is welcome on my podcast and that hate is not tolerated anywhere. I will be having a special guest on in the next week or so to really have a discussion about what's going on and how our upbringing can be affected. And it's going to be a very interesting discussion and I hope that you'll join me for it. But I just wanted to really let everyone know that I fully stand behind those of you who are fighting the good fight, who have faced racism in your life. It's unexcusable. There's no reason that this should still be happening in today's day and age. But we stand with you. We all love you. We support you. And we're praying for you. And we are doing whatever we can do in our own way to help support you. All right, so today... I want to talk to you about breaking the cycle of abuse. As you all know, I have been going through counseling with my children over the death of their father, and we learned, or I learned back in August, that their father had been extremely abusive to them. And I knew the type of person that he was. I did not think that he would do this to his own children. So it was a complete shock to me, everything that was going on that I did not know about when they were going to his house for the weekend. And in the conversation with the counselor yesterday, we started talking about the cycles of abuse. And I thought, you know what? This is a topic that I really need to talk about because there are so many people who are affected by abuse. And I know that there are a lot of listeners out there who have been because you've reached out to me and shared your stories, which I think is so brave. So I wanted to talk to you today about how you can heal from that and how you can break the cycle of abuse because it's a very difficult thing to do. And as we know from the title, cycle, it's something that keeps repeating from generation to generation. You know, what happens is as we're young, we experience abuse. Sometimes it's at the hands of our parents. Sometimes it's at the hands of other people close to us. Abuse is rarely caused by people you don't know. It's almost always carried out by people that you are familiar with. So abuse can be physical. It can be sexual. There are many different forms of abuse. And it can be anything from someone telling you you're not good enough and that you're stupid, that's emotional abuse, to physical abuse, someone actually laying their hands on you, hitting you, Um, or, you know, again, there's sexual abuse as well. So there are many different forms, and some people, unfortunately, experience all of them, and some people, maybe just a few. Sometimes when it's only verbal abuse, emotional abuse, it's harder to recognize, and you might have felt like you're childhood was normal until you grew up and you got out there and you started hanging around other people and they talked about their childhoods and you're like, wait a minute, 
that wasn't like my childhood. And that's kind of what happened to me too, is like getting out there, I realized, huh, yeah, that's not what I experienced. So the problem is kids don't come with instruction manuals and parents don't know what to do sometimes when they get their children home, right? So what do we do? We rely on what was done to us. That is how a lot of parenting works is I do what my parents did because that's what I know. And that's why, again, it becomes secular because you're passing it down from generation to generation like an old family recipe. Unfortunately, this is a terrible recipe, but that's how it works. I didn't have instructions, so I just did what my parents did, and then they did what their parents did, and then it just goes on and on and on, which is another reason why this can be so difficult to break, because you have your family around you. When you're the one who wants to break the cycle, you may get a lot of flack from your family, because they may call you like the black sheep, or you're causing trouble, And it's not that you're the black sheep or that you're causing trouble. It's that you understand that this was unhealthy. So the very first thing that you can do to break the cycle of abuse is to acknowledge your own abuse. And that's not easy to do because it's painful to go back and look at the memories, but it's absolutely important. So I would say that you should get a journal And start reflecting back on your childhood. What things stood out to you that now you think that wasn't normal or that wasn't the way that a parent should have responded. And like for my son, for example, his dad would be overly aggressive with him. And when he did something he didn't like, he would pull the back of his hair. Um, And I had seen him do that and I yelled at him for doing that. And I said, don't you ever do that in front of me. That is not cool. So it's little things like that that you notice. Or maybe what did my parents say to me? Like if I cried and this, I talk about this in my book and I am in no way shaming my parents because I think that it's really a generational thing that corporal punishment, it was acceptable for a long time. And it wasn't until, you know, psychologists started doing studies and realizing, you know what, that's not the best way to parent a child. But in the 1980s, which is the era that I grew up in, spanking was perfectly fine. And our parents did. You know, they didn't hesitate to do that. But we found that that's not the best way to punish a child or to parent a child. But another thing that I think of is, When I was a kid, if I started crying at an inconvenient time, like I was probably just throwing a fit because I didn't get my way. But one of the responses would be, I'll give you something to cry about. Now, I'm sure many of you probably had parents that said that or something similar. And it seems like it might be an innocent thing to say, but... I sometimes like try to stifle in and hold in crying because of like, oh, I'm not supposed to cry. I got that message. And I know that's not what my parents were trying to convey to me. But I realized in doing a lot of the inner work that I do, 
that's one of my issues is I like the times when I cry or when I'm by myself alone when no one is around me and I don't really want to cry around other people and I know that that's part of it. So we can really dig in and look at who we are and why we do the things we do when we look at how we were raised and what was said to us and what was done to us and what was the message we got. Because the problem is, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize, you know what you mean when you say don't cry to a child. You mean like stop crying right now because you're just throwing a fit. But that's not the message the child gets when you say I'll give you something to cry about if you don't stop crying. That's not the message at all. And the problem is when things like that are said to children, they don't process that the same way that an adult would. And that's the problem with a lot of things that are said to kids. They don't have the understanding to know what you're talking about. You have to talk to children in a different way. So if you had a lot of harsh physical and verbal punishments, that might have done something to you and the way that you deal with things that happen to you and your emotions. It may have even caused you to be more negative if you were around a parent who was always yelling at you. So it's important for you to address the abuse, acknowledge it. And that's really not an easy thing because no one wants to look at their own painful memories, but it's important. So I would say get your journal. And this is one of the things that counseling, this is what they make you do too, is to really look back and talk about what happened. So get a journal and look at all of the the things that in your life growing up, like what bothered you? What sticks out to you? Because you know there are going to be some things. And really try to analyze okay, what did my parents say? What did my parents do? What did that really make me feel? Because I think you'll have a lot of aha moments there when you do that. Also, the wounds become much deeper than we realize. And what happens is that your brain responds and processes stress differently if you have been exposed to trauma. This overreaction to stress can lead to, you know, physical violence. So if you, as a child, experience trauma, your brain responds differently to stimulus than it does the brain of someone who didn't experience trauma. And it might cause you, there are several different things that can cause, like in my own children, what it caused was for them to become desensitized. And this is something else that happened yesterday that was interesting. So my son and daughter went to see their stepmom on Monday and she started talking to them about how their dad died. And she said, is it okay if I talk to you about it? And she revealed in detail what he did and what happened. And when my son told me what he told what she told them, I was horrified and I'm like I had a hard time sleeping that night. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe she told you that." And then she also had told them that DC DCFS had notified him that Monday before, and so he knew and so then there was like, "Oh my gosh, why did you tell them that? Now they're going to feel guilty." And her reasoning for telling them that, she thought it would make them feel better because 
that they would know that he did this to avoid having them go through court and all of this, which is kind of a weird, twisted way of thinking about it. I don't know. We had to work through that. But my kids said, well, it didn't bother me. It really didn't bother me. It was closure. And it bothered me. And so we were talking to the counselor and I said, you know, it bothered me. And I was just worried about how it affected them. And they said, well, we're really okay. It didn't really bother us. And the counselor said, well, unfortunately, what happens when you are suffering from abuse is that you often become desensitized. So she was saying that what happened was that my children had been desensitized so that when she told them this information, it didn't affect them the way that it affected me. And that is what happens sometimes when you experience trauma. Your brain reacts to things differently. And so you do become desensitized in a lot of ways. And so that is a risk for you. Because if you suffered abuse, you might not react to things the way that other people would. And sometimes that leads to like a an explosion of emotion, which you don't want. So it's important to ask for help if you need it. If you know like, hey, yeah, that's me. Like I've been through abuse and... Either something happens and I don't react, which can be a bad thing, or something happens and I overreact, which is also a bad thing, then you might need to see those signs. Because again, it depends on the person. Some people get desensitized and things that would upset someone else don't bother them. Or some people become the opposite. They react overly emotionally to things. So it's important to recognize if you do either one of those things to really get help with that. It's also important to set boundaries with your parents and grandparents with your own children because here's a common thing that happens and I've seen this in my own situation. You are trying to parent your child and your parent steps in and tries to tell you how you should raise your child or what you should do or criticizes you, right? Um, And that is a problem. Or maybe you see the same kind of behavior that where they disciplined you by yelling and screaming and hitting you and you might be worried they do that to your child. So it's important that you set boundaries with the older generation. And that means either telling them if they try to tell you how to parent your child, it's speaking your truth, setting your healthy boundary and saying to your parent, no, this is my child. This, you know, this is not your job. This is my job to raise my child. So please back off. And that can be a difficult conversation. It really can. Because in abusive relationships, a lot of those lines get blurred. There's a lot of What I've been reading on is a lot of parents in abusive relationships will actually rely on their children for emotional support. So instead of having friends they go to to talk about all of their problems, they actually do that to their children. And in a lot of cases, telling them things that as a child you shouldn't hear from a parent because you should just be responsible for being your child and having fun and going and living your life, but your parents are complaining about all the problems they have to you and it's almost like you're their little counselor and their little friend and that is a problem too. So it's important to set healthy boundaries, though you couldn't really do that as a child. We can't really, as children, say, hey mom, stop telling me that. But as an adult, you can do that and you can Limit the time. If you think that your parents or grandparents, you know, 
because now we have multi-generational people, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. If you think anyone is abusive and you don't want your child around them, you have the right to say that. It doesn't matter that they're family. If they're going to be harmful to your child, stand up for your child and limit the time they're around them. Or you can you know, say to them, Again, it's a difficult conversation, but say, listen, if you continue to do this when I bring my children over, I'm not bringing them over anymore. You have every right to do that. Stand firm on how you want them to do things. You know, I read, I've been in several single moms groups and then I've read things like, hey, my kids went with their grandparents and they did this. Like I had a friend one time whose in-laws took the child for a ride in the truck, like, no car seat, anything, um, which I don't even know how they didn't get pulled over, but they were horrified and justifiably so. And you are the parent, so you have the right to say, I don't want my child going with you because you're not responsible, because you won't listen to the rules. You know, that's your right. And you need to stand up for your children and, you know, protect them. So if you need to do that, do that. Also, you can call on the angels to help you heal. I think the most important thing is being reflective and understanding what happened to you and what what it causes in your life now. And you may need to move through forgiving people who have abused you. And here's the, the kicker to that. It's difficult because you hold a lot of anger and frustration about that. But when you forgive them, you're not saying what you did is okay. What you're saying is, I know that you were doing the best you thought you could do at that time. Because many people who abuse people don't have the tools that they need to really parent the correct way because they weren't parented the correct way. You know, it's like telling someone, I want you to build me a house and you don't give them anything. You put the bricks there, but then you don't give them the spackling tools and the mortar, and you don't give them nails or wood or anything. You're just like, build a house, and all they have is a set of bricks. They can't do it. In the same way, someone who isn't whole themselves and who isn't, I say, not a full human, and what I mean by that is they were missing key components in their life to give them the tools they needed to be a good parent. They're missing that. So it would be easy to just say, yeah, F that person. They're a terrible person. I hate them. But that's not going to get you anywhere. It's much easier when you try to see it from their point of view. It doesn't mean you say, yeah, what you did was fine. That's not at all what it means. It's saying, I see where you are coming from. And that must have been a hard position. And I don't know what I would have done myself in that position. But I know now for myself, I'm going to do better. And I forgive you for all the things you did that were terrible, that were not making you a great parent or provider. I forgive you for that because I know that you didn't have the tools you needed. But mostly I forgive you for myself because I know that I had to go through this experience to teach me something, to make me a better person. So I thank you for that experience. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's all about you. And that Radical Forgiveness is a great website. I'll post the link in the description to this podcast. But go there and forgive those people. Not for them, but for you. 
because it truly does help you to see that these things all happen because the people that you're dealing with, they were damaged too. It's a cycle of abuse and you can be the one to stop the cycle, but that takes A, identifying that there's a problem, B, choosing to be different. So if you're a parent and you weren't the victim of child abuse, you probably don't know how to parent your child. There's so many resources out there. There is a book called Parenting with Boundaries and uh, Parenting Teens with Boundaries, I believe is the name. They're amazing books and they will help you so much and they don't cost very much. I'll see if I can post a link to those books as well in my podcast description, but those books really help me because it talks about the importance of healthy boundaries, which in a lot of abusive families, there aren't any boundaries in not only setting them with your children, but setting them for yourself. If everybody, you know, they're like, why am I a people pleaser? Why do I do this? That's why, because you didn't have healthy boundaries, because you somehow took on the idea that your parents' happiness was your responsibility, especially if you had a parent who came to you and became like your best friend and wanted to tell you everything because they were relying on you for their emotional support, and that's not a normal parent-child role. So you have to learn how to stop emotionally feeding your parent. Okay, that's not your job. We can be friends with our parents when we're older, but it's not your responsibility to be your parent's counselor and friend and everything else. You don't have to take on that role if you don't want it, especially. It might be too burdensome. And the other thing is that you need to realize that it's important for you to set boundaries with other people in your life or you become that person everyone tries to dump on and like, hey, can you do this? Hey, will you do that? Because they know that you will. So it's important to set those boundaries for your kids and for you. It talks about how to set, to set rules for your kids and to set punishments. Punishments don't involve smacking your child across the face, calling your child a name or anything like that. It's about if you break this rule. I take this from you for this set time. And I love that they even have boundaries in there that include when you rule, when you're setting rules, they give kids a chance to earn back freedoms a little sooner by doing things that are positive, which I love that too. So it's a great balance. And a lot of parents have no idea how to do this. I had no idea. And I did not do a good job of this with my children. I will be totally honest. I was just parenting from the top of my head because I was busy and trying to do so many things and it wasn't the right way. And then when I started reading more and more and started incorporating these rules, things got a lot better. You know, there was a time when my children didn't feel like they could come to me and talk to me, at least my son, because we fought, you know, we were were bullheaded, we argued and that was a lot of my fault because I didn't parent instead of setting healthy boundaries. It was yelling or whatever, getting mad. And a lot of us do that. And it's because of that cycle. It's a cycle of abuse. You know, yelling at your child is emotional abuse. 
whether you realize it or not. So we need to learn how to breathe and assess the situation. And, you know, that's the great thing about setting boundaries ahead of time, sitting down with your kids and coming up with rules that are important to you. Because then when they break a rule, you don't have to like blow a gasket. You can say, oh, you broke that rule. Okay, this is your punishment because it was already agreed upon. And it makes it so much easier. It really, really does. Because what I talk about this in my book. What happens when you don't do that is a child breaks a rule, you get really mad, and you're like, you're grounded for a month. Now, you can't, in theory, really ground a child for a month. I mean, that's excessive, first of all. But then, when you realize it's excessive, you either have to dial it down, which makes them feel like you're bluffing, and then they won't really trust that your punishment is really the punishment the next time. So it makes you look weaker. But it also is just... It makes you look unreasonable and you have to go back and there's just so much there. So that's why this whole rule setting ahead of time is so much better. And there are so many great parenting resources out there. There really are because we can be the people, the generation who breaks that cycle of abuse and it's absolutely necessary. Now you can also call on your archangels to help heal. The first one you can call on is Archangel Raphael. He cleanses negative energy, and he is believed to be the angel of healing. His name originated from the Hebrew word Rafi, I think is how you pronounce it, which means medicine doctor, but it also translates as God heals the soul. So if you work with Archangel Raphael, you can call on him and ask him, to help you stop your feelings of anxiety or worry if you're having negative thinking, negative thoughts. You can help ask him to help you get rid of emotions such as anger or resentment because those are very negative for you and those emotions can cause you to actually become physically sick. If you're feeling unwell, you can call on him. If you're dealing with mental illness, He can bring healing to those who suffer from anxiety or depression. So just call on him. He can bring recovery to relationships and marriages so he can help you heal the heart. He can help you heal emotional hurt, whether it is from a broken heart or if it's from being abused, he can help you with that as well. Another archangel to call on is Archangel Uriel. He is one of the main archangels who protects and serves humanity. He assists in creativity, magic, alchemy, astrology, and the divine order. He helps in supporting us in our thoughts and ideas. And he can help to enlighten you by giving you peace of mind and calmness. And he can help to remove painful memories that may be associated with your past. So you can call on him in prayer to help you forgive. So please take away past hurts. So forgive him, you know, taking away emotional wounds. He can ask you to bring harmony to any kind of time that feels like there's not peace going on in a situation or with a person. You can pray to him for peace. So I would call on both Archangel Raphael and Archangel Uriel 
asking them to help you. And, you know, some people like to tell you, oh, you have to pray a specific way. You do not. There's no specific prayer you have to pray. Just simply call on them and speak from your heart what your needs are. I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling lost, or I need peace, or I need to forgive this person. Just speak with an open heart. They will hear your prayer, and they love helping us, but they can't intervene unless we ask for it. So please don't hesitate to call on them. Another thing that helps with breaking the cycle of abuse is to work on loving yourself. Because a lot of people who abuse don't love themselves. You know, I posted this post the other day on Facebook about hate being like a giant mirror that reflects ourselves back to us. And it's true because when we have these negative emotions, it's really because we have negative, negative emotions about ourselves. And we have to heal and clear those if we really want to heal. So loving yourself and working on self-love is one way for you to really heal and clear all of those negative emotions that you're feeling inside. And if you really need to work on that self-love and you're interested and really want to do things to work on that, look into my self-love course. It is only $55 right now because there, when I first launched it, there were a couple of live coaching calls with me, but there are no more live coaching calls. It's just a self-guided course. It's only 14 days. And of course, that doesn't mean you have to do a lesson every day for 14 days. You take it at your own pace. But I will tell you that those who go through it and do it and actually do the work see change. And we can't break the cycle of abuse if we don't change. We have to be the change we want to see. We absolutely have to be the change we want to see. So if you're tired of the same thing all the time, go within You're going to find your answers within. It's from your inner being. You've got to work within first before you start to see the outer change. I love that because it's possible. That means anybody can do it. Anyone can go within and look at themselves and say, you know what? I don't like this about myself. I don't like that. I need to change this. I need to do this. We're a work in progress. And it never ends. Every single day we can find something positive to do for ourselves. And you're so worth it because when you start to change yourself, everything changes. And even the people around you change. I can't say this enough. When I started changing myself, when I started working on myself and forgiving myself and working on self-love, people reached out to me and apologized for things I never even asked an apology for. That's amazing to me. And you will see it too if you start working on yourself. So think about joining my self-love course. You can sign up online at melissaoatman.com. It's under the offerings page. There's also a special page that's called You Are Lovable that is dedicated to the course there where you can read about the description and what all it entails. So I encourage you to check that out because this is something that It's going to benefit everyone. And if you need help financially, if that seems like too much for you, just contact me. We can work out a payment plan. 
I have definitely been in that boat myself, so I understand that. But there's no reason for you to miss out on something that could change your entire life. It really will benefit you. And, you know, again, call an Archangel Uh, Raphael and Archangel Uriel to come in and help you because they want to assist us. You are worth breaking the pattern and breaking the cycle of abuse. Your children are worth it. So to those of you that are working on yourselves and doing that, I commend you because it's not easy. You should be so very proud of yourselves and continue keeping up with the good work because it's worth it. It's so worth it. I wanted to pull a card for you guys today, and so I pulled a card from The Universe Has Your Back deck by Gabrielle Bernstein. It says, there is nothing sexier than my authentic truth. I love that because we really should be speaking our truth. In fact, we're all being called to do that. That is a lot of what's going on right now where we're having all of these protests. It's because people are standing up and they are speaking their truth and they're being heard. And I love that. I just think that it's so great that people are standing up for other people and for themselves. And we're seeing a huge shift. And it's, it's, I know some people might feel like it's a scary thing, but it's necessary. This, you know, this planet has needed shifting for so long and we're in the process. And so don't allow fear to come in and cause you to panic. Just take a deep breath balance yourself, center yourself, and know that we're headed for so many amazing and beautiful things. It's going to get better. It's going to get so much better. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with me. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please share it with others. Please leave a review from wherever you're listening. That helps other people find me, and I really appreciate those of you who have already done that. Also, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you will find a list of the services that I offer as well as uh, the pricing and you can purchase directly from my offerings page. And then when you want to book, simply contact me and we will schedule your session. Right now, I have availability during the day and in the evening. I am uh, off for the summer, so I do have daytime availability and evening availability, so don't hesitate to reach out to me. You know, I have a lot of people who say, well, I'd like to work with you. I don't really know how. Reach out. We will find the best option for you. Do not hesitate. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live on Facebook Mondays at 630 Central. I do a free card reading. I also post videos to Instagram and IGTV, so check me out there. And also, um, don't forget that my book, Beautifully Broken, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Goodreads. It's also available from my website, so you can go check it out there. And go subscribe to my YouTube channel. There I have free guided meditations. And the podcast also is going to YouTube as well, so you can check that out. I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. I am sending you so much love and light. I hope that you all have a beautiful day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.